Hello, everybody. This is Chris Blair, voice of the national champion Fighting Tigers of LSU. And you're locked in to the Rob, Ben, and Joe Show. Middle Georgia's number one voice of community and collegiate sports. Go Tigers. This is Mike Conti of Atlanta United and the Atlanta Hawks Radio Networks. You're listening to Middle Georgia's number one team for community and collegiate sports from Atlanta to Savannah. It's the Rob, Ben, and Joe Show. Hey, this is Andy Demetra, voice of the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. And when I want to know what's going on in Middle Georgia sports, there's only one place I go. It's the Rob, Ben, and Joe Show. Your place for community and collegiate sports. Guys, take it away. All right, welcome into the Rob, Ben, and Joe Show here, hanging out with you again on another beautiful, a little bit warmer yeah. Thursday than we've seen in the past couple days, guys. It's been unusually, like, nice. Yeah. Good, good and crisp. Feels like for, fall. For Middle Georgia, yeah, the other morning it was kind of hazy, and you're like, oh, man, this is, this is fantastic. You know? <laughs> it is. I'm staying away from the weather this week. <laughs> <laughs> Joe opened that up. Talked him out of I the just, weather. I just hopped on I'm the back I'm staying up. away from the weather yeah. this week. I'm trying to change trend. <laughs> talk about something else. Well, we talked about happy birthday to the twins on the show here. How about Thank that? You. Appreciate Thank it, you. man. Twin birthday. Taking another one down, yeah. you know, and I said, you know what? Like, you turn 27, and you're like, ugh. You're like on the other side of, you know, you're like closer to thirty now. <laughs> he no says more, to the forty-one-year-old in the room. There's, right? no, there's no more. There's no more excuses anymore. You know, no, it's no. like I told I told somebody that the other yeah. day. It's like you know when you're young, you're like, yeah, but I'm you know I'm just I'm just twenty-four. You know, it's okay. Well, at like twenty-seven, you make a mistake, and people are like. You know, there's no, there's no like wiggle room. It's like, yeah, that's that's terrible. You know, <laughs> oh, the follies of the 27 year old now. I tell you, well, uh, that's that's nice. Happy birthday, guys! You're 27. Yeah, Appreciate I'll be 42 this Thank year. You. <laughs> no, but uh, good stuff going on in the world of sports. We always got good things to talk about. We appreciate uh, everybody listening in. Of course, the Rob Ben and Joe Show brought to you by Network One Sports, Bubba's Tire Center, Eyeballs Media. And our friends at Marco's Pizza jumping on board with us this week as well. Hey, they're a little puppy. Look at that. <laughs> and uh, we appreciate you guys uh, being with us and sponsoring the show each and every week. You can find us on our social media platforms. Don't forget, uh, if you're a Twitter or Instagram person, you can find us at RBJ Show. If you're a Facebook fan, find us at RBJ Podcast. And, of course, you can find us uh, streaming online, Network One Sports, or just check it out at rbjshow.com. We're always right there for you anytime you want to join. So uh, with all that being said, this week we're sticking with the SEC. And uh, we've got uh, a well-known veteran voice in the SEC, 13 years at the University of Vanderbilt up in Tennessee. we got the man behind the mic there that controls it all, Mr. Joe Fisher, on the line with us. Mr. Fisher, how are you, sir? Well, I'm good. I, I, I'm listening to, you know, somebody's 27. I got shoes that are 27 years old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's see, uh, Rob and Ben here are twins, so they're both 27. And uh just kind of leaves me out in the cold a little bit there, Joe. <laughs> it really does. But uh, either way, we appreciate you being on the show with us here today and uh, chatting with us. And uh, tell us uh, a little bit about you and what's going on up there in uh, Vanderbilt for the past 13 years. Give us your bio. Well, well, actually, for, for me, uh, I've been there 22 years. Ah, thank you. Uh, yeah, I've been doing the I've been doing the play by play for Vanderbilt for 22 years. Um, so I, I've been through a lot of things, you know, uh, at Vanderbilt. Certainly, a lot of changes, a lot of coaching changes, uh, a lot of successes, great bowl games, and uh, um, a, a lot of outstanding moments. Of course, a couple of national championships in baseball. Um, so uh, to be a part of all those has been you know, very exciting. This has been a very interesting time for all of us, as you guys know. Uh, you know, I've not, you know, we played 
one of, if not the last, one of the last college basketball games that was played in this country um, before the shutdown because of the pandemic in, in the SEC tournament. You know, we we, uh, we were playing that, that the first game on a Wednesday, lost that late game. It was the late game. Uh, and it was interesting because in the middle of our game, they announced to the crowd that fans would not be allowed to come back for the games that were going to follow. At that point, they were going to plan to just go ahead and, and, and play the games, but nobody in the stands. And then over the course of the next 12 hours, that all changed, and they decided not to play, and that's that's where we've been. So I have not physically been in my office uh, on the Vanderbilt campus since uh, the second week in March. You know, we've been, we've, wow. you know, we've been told, you know, I mean, we're, we're off limits, cannot go back. Uh, and what's going on now, guys, is, is a real process in terms of getting student athletes back, getting football players back, getting soccer players back. As you know, soccer is a fall sport too. Um, so, that, so that's all happening. And so you're getting everybody coming in, everybody being tested. If you come into the building, you're going to have your temperature scanned. Uh, you're, you're going to go through that, that whole litany of things you're going to have to go through, and you're going to go through it every day. Um, so it's, it's a long, arduous process to try to get these guys back, uh, especially talking about football, you know, try to get them back to a point where they can practice and, and play. And we're not there yet. You know, they're, they're not allowed as of yet, you know, to practice physically together on campus. So it's, uh, this is, this is quite a challenge. It's going to be interesting to see what the next month is like. And hopefully things continue the way they have been and continue to roll out in a positive way. And we can get focused and, and try to find a way to play a regular season coming up starting in September. Yes, yeah, it's, it's definitely an extremely big challenge for everybody. So uh, for our listeners at the high school level right now, they've, they've let the kids come back. They're being able to, to go to workouts in groups of 10 and 20 at times. That's including coaches. So they're having to stagger workouts and everything. Still cannot have a ball, any type in play. But at the collegiate level, um, and, and you know, you can give maybe shed some light on this now. We don't have – they're not able to actually work out as a team yet, correct, until maybe July. Is that right? Do you have any details on that for our listeners? That is correct. Uh, and, in fact, I'm not sure that they have a definitive date on which they can. Um, and what's kind of interesting, and I've talked to Derek Mason about this a little bit, it, it's kind of interesting because players are coming back and they're going through the reporting process, the testing process, and all that. But then they're told, you cannot come to the facility to work out. You can't work out together. Now, you guys can all get together on your own, you know, and, and go work out if you want to. So it doesn't make a lot of sense to me that instead of allowing these players for all these schools to come to a place where you're going through all the processes and going through all the testing and going through everything to make sure everything is as, as sanitary as it can possibly be, instead of letting them come there, and practice together on their own. You tell them, you guys have to go off on your own someplace, so who knows where they're going, you know, when, when they're getting together to try to work out together. Uh, it, it doesn't make a lot of sense, you know, in, in that regard. I think that's an area that they didn't think through very well, you know, in, in this process. So, But the bottom line is I think all the coaches, all the teams, all these conference schools are waiting to hear the definitive deadline, okay, when your guys can all report on this day, and then you can start through 
you can use a ball, like you said, you know, starting on this day. Um, that hasn't happened yet. I, I think it's going to happen in early July, but I don't think they have a definitive timeline yet for when that's going to be. And that's extremely difficult to try to plot and plan. We were like we like we we're just talking about. We spoke with some local high school coaches, and uh, <clears throat> it's just such a challenge. And the thing I kind I'm kind of concerned about. I don't care what age the kid is, man. If he's 12, 13, or even if he's a 21, 22 year old red shirt junior who's been seasoned in, in you know in football and training for a while. Working out is not the same on your own or in a group of people on your own. We all know how that works. You need somebody breathing down your neck, sometimes doing reps on the whistle, um, getting things like that involved. So I'm kind of spinning it from I think we're going to have a lot of out-of-shape college athletes <laughs> coming back, especially in July and August across the board. I think that depth is never going to has never played such a huge role in any sport until now because you're going to have to really – you're going to see guys that have to get looks because I just don't think the conditioning's there. Yeah, I, th- I think a lot of coaches are concerned not only about conditioning but about injury. You know, yeah. you know how many guys are going to show up, and, and and you've got guys that are trying to do it. And I know that these guys have all, you know, been on Zoom and they've been they've done everything with their strength and conditioning coaches and all that, and their and their position coaches about the things they need to be working on to try to do the best they can. But if you're not if you're not at the facility, if you're not doing things, you know, based on the way you would normally do them, you're kind of doing them on your own, and you hope it'll work out for you. So, I mean, you, you got a bunch of guys that are out flipping tractor tires right now. <laughs> I mean, but, but I mean, but, but that's what you got to do. I mean, if, if that's how you get in your work, if that's how you get in your strength conditioning, that's what you do, and that's what these guys are doing. But I, I think there's going to be some serious concern. For a lot of coaches, I'll be curious when they do finally roll it out and they are able to come back, how heavy do you go right off the bat? Because, you know, you can have guys jump in here in the first couple of days, then, then you're getting all these, you know, pulled hamstrings and injuries and, and things are going to debilitate you for a long time. Uh, I'm going to be curious to see how they, they all deal with that. I guess if there's, if there's a positive, uh, everybody's dealing with that. I mean, there's nobody that has an advantage. You know, in that regard, I guess the only advantage would be if you're a team that's got a bunch of veterans all coming back, you've got your lineup set, you know who your guys are going to be, so you've probably got a little bit of an advantage there. But in terms of getting ready to practice, getting ready for the season, everybody's kind of in the same boat. Oh, there's there's no question about that, and that's that's one thing that is nice. It is a level playing field, but speaking of the competition, I feel like the SEC East is really kind of uh, up for grabs. You've had some people move on. There's you know some some kind of media favorites, but you know you can call it what you will, especially with this gap in in coverage, you know per se with uh, spring practice and different things like that. What do you look? What does the SEC look like in your opinion? Um, what do you What do you kind of see happening uh, in that division? What's Vanderbilt looking like? Um, you looking for the looking toward to the fall? Well, you know, if you're talking about the East, you know, obviously, I think you start with Georgia. That makes perfect sense. Um, and then you start to look at, you know, how, how is Florida coming on? You know, is Florida going to be uh, a, a contender? Are they going to be able to take that next step? Uh, with Dan Mullen uh, and company. Um, you know, you've got a South Carolina that's getting better, a Kentucky that's getting better, uh, you know, a, a Vanderbilt that's got to replace, you know, you, you lose, you know, you lose a quarterback, uh, you lose uh, a tight end, you lose your best wide receiver, uh, you lose an outstanding running back. 
you got a lot of holes to fill offensively. Defensively, they're going to be pretty good. Got a lot of veterans back and have a chance to be pretty good, but they've got to find a way uh, to replace a lot of those cogs on the offensive side uh, of the ball. But, uh, you know, I think for the schedule and, and for the East, a lot of people looking at everybody, I think, will point to Georgia, and I think that makes sense. But then after that, you've got, you know, those teams that I mentioned, and there are going to be so many key games, uh, you know, in conference play. You know, the cocktail party in Jacksonville, uh, it, it, it could be, could be, if things go according to everybody's plan, could be to win the East. Uh, and, you know, there's, there's a lot of stuff to look at there. So I think, in my opinion, the East is getting better. Tennessee has got to be on that list. They're clearly, uh, you know, getting better. Uh, and they're going to try to find a way to factor in. So, you know, for a long time, you know, and, and this kind of is cyclical. We've seen this. You know, for a while, the East was scary good, uh, and the West was kind of just there kind of doing their thing. Then the West became dominant, and the East kind of faltered. Well, now I think the East is starting to rotate back up again uh, with a lot of quality teams. So um, could be quite an interesting season, hopefully, and I think we all agree with this, given everything we've seen around the country, hopefully they can play a full schedule. You know, I, I, you know there's, I think the jury is still out on what they're going to be able to do. Can they play all their conference games? Can they play all their non-conference games? And you start looking at teams like, you know, Tennessee's got a big game at Oklahoma. Uh, you know, and that's a huge game for them and for their program. Hopefully they get to play that game. So uh, all those things are going to come into play. Yeah, the SEC East is definitely, I think you're hit it right on the head as far as coming up on the uptrend because all the teams have gotten better there for several years. Uh, you had, after the departure of Urban Meyer, Florida's kind of been in a tailspin, and finally it looks like their program has stabilized a little bit. Muschamp has been able to kind of weather the storm at South Carolina after the departure of Spurrier to get their stuff back under grabs. But um, I tell you, we've heard a lot, and I've read a lot, about the hype with Florida and their quarterback, and they think that they're penciling them in to be quite a bit of a favorite because Georgia, they're in a kind of a unique situation where is if anybody in this whole thing, they're really probably hurt the worst like a Vanderbilt, too, that doesn't have a quarterback coming back. They have two fresh guys that have never taken a snap um, with any of the other players. Over half of their offense departed at Georgia. And like you were saying, I think a lot of these teams are going to really have a big challenge offensively with just getting these guys on the field, I guess we're saying late July, maybe at camp when camp starts. Well, that's only three or four weeks, so... Do you think that the teams like Florida and kids that have quarterbacks coming back, do you think that they may have the advantage in the SECs the way that this whole thing has tumbled down since March? Well, I think they absolutely do. Uh, you know, I, I know from Vanderbilt's standpoint, uh, just speaking, you know, from, from the Commodores' perspective, spring was going to be a big deal. I mean, uh, with a quarterback battle with Jeremy Musa, with, with, with Seals coming in, those guys competing for that spot, uh, those days in spring practice were going to be vital. They were going to be critical in not only getting them acclimated to the offense and learning the offense, but seeing what they could do and trying to make some decisions. As you guys know, I mean, ideally, you'd kind of like to have your pieces put together, your puzzle put together when you roll into fall camp. I mean, there are some certainly a couple of places here and there that you're going to still work on, but you'd like to have a pretty good idea when you roll into fall camp of what your what your groupings are going to be. 
Well, Vanderbilt's not going to be able to do that. Now, and as you said, uh, you know, a lot of schools, Georgia's not going to be able to do that. Uh, they're going to have to utilize fall camp to make those decisions. So, you know, if you roll into a camp uh, with a veteran quarterback and, you know, a veteran offensive line and, and you've got a running back, you've got a wide receiver, uh, you've got to have a bit of an advantage that you're not teaching or trying to audition for spots uh, like other schools are doing. And unfortunately, that's the situation Vanderbilt's going to be in. That's the situation Georgia's going to be in. Uh, a number of schools in the conference, you know, are going to be in that boat. Uh, you know, I guess the only positive is that you look around the conference and say, okay, they're in the same boat we are. You know, right. we're all dealing with the same thing. But, uh, you know, clearly, you know, I think teams that roll in with veterans in a number of the key positions clearly have an advantage going into the fall. And I, I could not more agree. And Rob spun it from an offensive perspective, but I'm going to spin it from a defensive perspective. Offense is so complex in today's football game. You turn on the TV and you might have five five wide receivers, and in 14 seconds they've got a heavy package in there, but they're still from the shotgun. I think whoever has the most continuity on defense is really going to be able to handle um, more body blows and stuff like that during the season, especially in the – we're talking about the SEC, but in, especially in the East, if you're able to have a good defense, Georgia has proven if you've got a good defense, you can stay in any game you want to because if, you, if you're able to kind of lock those things up. So I think when, you know, the defensive coordinator sitting there in the in the early fourth quarter and it's a four-point game and the other team's driving and he calls a, a big blitz or a zone blitz that really is going to throw it off that was a big part of the game plan, but you got a sophomore safety back there that was supposed to – he was supposed to roll down, <laughs> didn't roll down, and it's six points for the other team, and now the game's out of hand. That's the things well, that I think are really going to make a difference in the season. That's the other factor, like from a Vanderbilt standpoint, speaking again specifically uh, about the Commodores, you know, you've got a new defensive coordinator in Ted Roof. You've got a new offensive coordinator in Todd Fitch. Uh, so you're bringing in new packages. You're bringing in new terminology. You're bringing in, you know, new sets. Uh, it, I mean, you're, you're, you're kind of rebuilding in a lot of different ways and not having the opportunity to do that in the spring, it really kind of puts you behind the eight ball. And I think what it will do now, the good news is these guys are veterans. They've been through a lot of things. Uh, and, and I think what you'll see is kind of what I've become accustomed to in basketball. And you see that you guys have seen this too. You'll see teams roll out a certain package early in a season uh, in basketball. And then as the season goes on, they'll build on that package. They'll say, okay, now we're going to go to this page in the playbook. We're going we're gonna to run this same action, but we're going to do these different things that we haven't done before. I think you're going to see that in football. I think you're going to see a lot, of, a lot of teams start out really pretty simple. You know, just simplistically, like, like you said, you're not going to see a lot of – I don't think you're going to see a lot of changes in personnel mm-hmm. – you know, you, you know, first down is going to be this package, second down that package. You know, I, I think they're going to be pretty vanilla in a lot of things they do. And then as the season goes on, then you build on it and try to grow uh, on the program. It's going to be a lot different, you know, than, you know, in previous years where you wanted to hit the ground running in, in week one and have all those kind of things in place and have your full playbook. 
I don't think that's going to be the case this year for a lot of teams. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that at all. And you talk about the, uh, incoming defensive coordinator, Ted Roof. Uh, Ben and I been, uh, grew up tech fans, watched Ted at Georgia Tech and, and Ted's defensive philosophy. He has a lot of layers to his defense. There are, there are some defensive guys out there that are, that are really simple. And there's guys that have a lot of blankets underneath their stuff. And Ted's one, Coach Roof is one of those guys that, uh, that has that. So, Vanderbilt could really be in a situation where they have a really good player base and he can keep it pretty basic, but they may can jump forward in his playbook earlier with having the veterans and stuff to where a team like Vanderbilt could really benefit early from that. No, I think I think they're going to count on that. Um, and, and when you look at this defense, a lot of veterans, especially up front, a lot of depth on the defensive line, a lot of guys that have been there a while. Uh, that, that are going to bring something to the table. Got to replace some guys in the secondary. Uh, but a lot of guys in that front seven uh, that have played a lot of games. Uh, and, and so I think that's going to be important for them uh, to be able to kind of understand uh, what Coach Roof wants to do with this defense. And, and, uh, and, and I think a lot of teams, and I think Vanderbilt's the only one, you know, I, I think a lot of teams in the early going are going to kind of rely on the defense to kind of keep things in order, you know, and, you know, until the offenses kind of get in gear and figure out what all they're going to do. Now, there are some of the elite programs that have all the horses and have all the athletes, and they'll just hit the ground running, you know, on day one. But a lot of these offenses, especially with new quarterbacks at the helm, uh, are, are going to be learning on the fly. And, and so they're going to really, I think, rely on defenses to keep things in check and try to keep games in control. I think Vanderbilt would fall into that category, too. Talking with Joe Fisher here, the Vanderbilt Commodores. And, uh, Joe, I, I tell you what, sir, we were talking about the offensive defense. So tell us a little bit about what you think the uh, the offensive line play is going to be like. You, you spoke to the defense there. What do you think it looks like on the offensive side of the ball? Well, I think I think the good news is uh, you've got a, a bunch of guys that have played uh, already significant time. It's uh, uh, The approach over the last couple of years was not to line five guys up and play five guys and nobody else. So you had a rotation, you know, that went on for quite a while, and you had a bunch of guys that got significant playing time. And not only that, got significant time at, at different positions. You know, you got a Cole Clemens. You got a Bryce Bailey who, you know, came in and, you know, played guard, played center, that rotated around, uh, that, that found a way uh, to do multiple positions. A Grant Miller falls into that category. So I think they feel comfortable in the fact that I think they have – numbers, not only with new guys coming in and new talent coming in, but I think they feel like they've got a veteran presence that's going to be able to control things. But as, as I mentioned earlier, you know, you're looking at replacing, uh, you know, a Jared Pinkney at tight end, uh, who, who's a guy that, that, that was kind of a wide receiver in a tight end position. He was a matchup nightmare, you know, for a lot of teams. You got a Kalijah Lipscomb who was just a tremendous possession receiver, um, that was a real challenge for teams to deal with. And then you lose a Keyshawn Vaughn, uh, who was a back-to-back 1,000-yard rusher for the Commodores in two years. Um, you don't just replace those guys overnight. So so then you're looking at uh, some new faces to step in. I think, I, I think Wakefield uh, at, at a running back position is a guy who I think is poised to step in and take that thing to the next level. Uh, I think he's going to have the opportunity to do that. And then you've got a bevy of wide receivers, a Cam Johnson, a Pierce, uh, 
you know, a, a bunch of guys that have played some time already, but now they are going to be thrust into the, the prime time. I mean, now's the time for them to step up and, and, and be able to take this thing to the next level. But it's not like they don't have guys on this offense that haven't done it. They've all they've got guys that have experience, but now they are going to be put into the into the position where, you know, now you're the focal point. Now you've got to be the leaders of this, and then we'll see how they react to that. Yeah, I think you're I think you're right on the money with that. And uh, coach, I was just going. I mean, uh, <laughs> Joe, my bad. I'm thinking, coach. I'm about <laughs> to ask you a question about coach. Uh, James Franklin was there for a little while, and he kind of really had some things working at Vanderbilt with recruiting and stuff. And I, I you know, was really on the uptick. And he's done a really good job at Penn State. And um, mm-hmm. Derek's coming there, and I felt like he's you know done a pretty good job. Do you think he's going to be able to continue you know some momentum? I know he's been there for a few years, but especially recruiting now is so difficult. And I think. You know, Franklin was a prolific recruiter, and he's kind of went on with that. How is the recruiting picture at Vanderbilt right now? And, um, you know, I think Vanderbilt has the potential to be a competitor in the East. It's a fantastic school. You're in a great spot between all the hotbeds. Um, so what's the recruiting picture look like uh, up there, and how is Coach Mason kind of handling that? Well, I, I think he's doing a good job, and I, and I think you touched on a couple of things that, that I think are, are key to this. and. You know, back and like I said, I've done this now 22 years. My 23rd coming up this coming fall. Hopefully, we get to play. Um, you know, I remember when I started. You know, there were a lot of people that, that kind of looked at Vanderbilt and looked at the program and said, "Oh my goodness, you're dealing with the academic issue, and uh, it's got to be brutal. You got to recruit around that. You got you got to recruit really, really smart kids, and maybe not the best players, but just you know, kids that you can get in school and." And then I really think starting kind of with Bobby Johnson and then moving on, um, that has all turned into turning that on into a positive and saying, you know, here's what we're selling here at Vanderbilt. Here's what we're recruiting for you. You can come play in the best conference in America, no question. You can be at one of the finest academic institutions uh, in the country, no question. You can be in one of the best cities in America, no question got it all right here and, and so when you start putting that package together uh and that's how you sell it uh you know it you know for years they were uh, recruiting and battling you know directional schools and all that for all these players and now you're battling you know the alabamas and the georgias of the world for the same players uh which is the way it should be um so i think Derek has done a great job uh they have a nationwide beyond you know it, that recruiting base, uh, Derek has done a good job in tapping into Hawaii uh, with with some uh, good contacts there that have brought some big linemen in. That's been a positive there, and that will continue. Um, so I, I think a nationwide recruiting base is a big deal, um, and I, I just think they continue to sell all those things I mentioned, you know, a, a, as a real positive for Vanderbilt. And and I think you see it when you start looking at the recruiting classes, and you see. You know, I, I don't think Vanderbilt's ever going to be, and I don't want to say ever necessarily, but, uh, you know, the recruiting rankings being what they are, you know, Vanderbilt's probably not ever going to have a top five national recruiting class per se, just based on what they deal with. But I think they clearly are competitive, and you're seeing that 
in all the stats that they're put together. Oh, and, and I put Vanderbilt in the same classification as, as Georgia Tech. Like Rob said, we follow Georgia Tech closely, and Georgia Tech never gets the respect of somebody else like like you're talking about with Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt's not going – they're not going to put them in the top five because they're like, oh, they're Vanderbilt. They're an academic school. But, you know, there's been years when Georgia Tech's recruiting class was ranked 50th and won 12 games and then, won, mm-hmm. and then went on to win a BCS game or whatever it may be when the ACC championship – so that's one thing that we live in a society of oh rankings and ESPN 300 and all this. Well, I'm sorry, but the ESPN 300 doesn't have a great reach in Hawaii. There's some <laughs> six seven three. Hey, there's some six seven three twenty five um, Hawaiian dudes that step into the SEC East that are better than the top fifty guy that Georgia got. Yep. You know, so I mean yeah. that you have to take the rankings with a grain of. Like with a grain of salt, like you're talking about, and I mean, I'm 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 on the standpoint of you. Just because you might be ranked 35th, you might not truly be 35th. And that package that you're talking about there, kids love all that nowadays. It's all about a culture and being around in a cool city and everything. And I think Vanderbilt's could be a could be a hotbed. And like you said, why not go play for a school that's in the SEC? Let's go. Let's and go I have th- a good time. Yeah, and I think one of the other factors too that doesn't need to be minimized is. You know, we're now an NFL city. That's right. Uh, so, so it, it is, in fact, not unusual. It is common to have scouts at every practice. You know, it, it used to be, you know, once in a while you'd have a scout drop by from some NFL school or whatever, but or NFL program every once in a great while. Now, at Vanderbilt, practically every day there are NFL scouts on hand. So if your if your goal is to get to the next level, if that's why you're playing, your your goal is to get to the NFL. You're going to be seen at Vanderbilt. I mean, you're you're going to have a great opportunity, uh, you know, to 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 be uh, able to you know showcase your talents in front of scouts on a regular basis. That's been one of the things that doesn't get talked about a lot. The relationship that Derek Mason has with the Titans and with the NFL. And, and all the things that uh, the Vanderbilt program and all the programs do this. I mean, and you go out of your way if you're a program to try to, to give scouts everything they need, every piece of video, every look they need, every opportunity, run certain drills and practice to focus you know, on certain things. Everybody does that. But, but I think the bottom line for a Vanderbilt, a player coming to Vanderbilt, if you want to look, you're going to get as good a look as you can possibly get by being where you are. That's a big deal. It certainly is. Well, I tell you what, Joe, we're going to have to take a quick break. Do you mind sticking around coming back with us on the backside of the break? Sure, no problem. All right, well, uh, we're going to take a quick break. We'll get out of here, and guess what? Mercer opens up against Vanderbilt. you got two Mercer football players sitting right here with you. So uh, we'll talk about that when we come back from the break here. You're listening to the Rob, Ben, and Joe Show. We've got the voice of the Commodores, Joe Fisher, on with us. We'll be back. Right after this. California Groove Combo, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Middle Georgia's number one choice for community and collegiate sports. The Rob, Ben, and Joe Show will be right back. 
uh, Death Valley is now on the bucket list if it wasn't yeah. already. Yes. You sold us. Yeah. <laughs> and anytime you want to take us, Chris, we'll be happy to go. <laughs> it's, uh, well, I promise you this. You guys let me know if you want to take in a game, and we'll roll out the purple carpet. It's too bad you missed the Georgia thrashing last season. <laughs> we will do that. Springtime is here, and Bubba's Tire Center is here to handle all of your vehicle needs. With the current situation of COVID-19, we are still operating our normal hours, Monday through Friday, 8 to 5.30. If you need some more time on that set of tires or vehicle repair, we offer a 90-day payment option that requires no credit check, as well as the Goodyear credit card. Don't forget, we offer free pickup and delivery, so you never have to leave your home or place of work. Call us today at 478-275-2964 or check us out online at Bubba'sTireCenter.com. Come to Bubba's Tire Center where we do tires and a whole lot more. Eyeballs Marketing and Signs. That's Eyeballs with a Z. I-B-A-L-Z is all about everything you need for printing services, marketing services, apparel services, signage, banners, wraps for your vehicles, design services, or a whole lot more. Whatever you need in your business to get your message out there, you can count on Eyeballs. I-B-A-L-Z dot com. Eyeballs Marketing and Sign in Warner Robins. Now back to Rob, Ben, and Joe. Brought to you by Bubba's Tire and Network One Sports. All right, back here at the Rob, Ben, and Joe show. Again, uh, brought to you by Eyeballs Media. Bubba's Tire Center, Marco's Pizza, Network One Sports, of course. Uh, Rob, Ben, and Joe here with you. And Joe Fisher from uh, Vanderbilt uh, University, the voice of the Commodores up there. Joe, as I said before we went to break, we've got uh, two Mercer grads here, alumni football players. And uh, you opened the season with Mercer this year. You want to talk a little trash? (laughs) (laughs) No, sir. No, no, we're not talking any trash. We've all been around. We've all been around those games and uh, seen those work out. And, And given, I tell you what, you know, given what everybody's going through, I think game one for everybody is going to be quite interesting. You know, and so I don't think anybody takes anything for granted in game one. And if they do, it's a mistake. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I tell you, we were, uh, you know, growing up watching Georgia Tech and everything, and, and we were able to, uh, fortunate enough to go play at Mercer. And uh, and you get around some of those games, and then last year Tech dropped the game to Citadel. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, we were in barn burners with Citadel at Mercer. And it's like they go and beat Tech in Atlanta. And it's just like you're talking about, though. The way the game is now, any time, any day, it doesn't matter how highly you are ranked, that we prepare just as hard at Mercer as they're preparing at Vanderbilt, you know. So I mean, if they're out there playing for everything, you saw what Georgia State did to Tennessee last year. Oh so yeah, it, yeah, it can yeah. happen. Yeah, it certainly can. And, and again, you know, given what Vanderbilt's dealing with in terms of all the people they got to replace in key positions, you know, I, you know, I, I nobody's taking anything for granted at this point. And let's face it, you know, if you. If you played football at Vanderbilt or you've been around football at Vanderbilt, you should never take a game for granted. You know, period. It just that's just that's just the way it is. And 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 Vanderbilt's been on both sides of that. You know they they you know they they they've lost that game where people look and go, how did you lose to that team? Then they've won that game. You know people have said, how in the world were you even competitive? How did you even do that? They've been on both sides of that coin. So you know I, hopefully. You know, mature heads prevail, and you realize, 
you know, you can't take anything for granted in game one, no question. <laughs> yeah, but you, you gotta be ready to roll. <laughs> it's like, that dude's, that dude's on scholarship too. You yeah. <laughs> so you gotta be, you gotta be ready to play, but, uh, kind of taking a different turn here, uh, off break there, uh, Vanderbilt's baseball team is prolific. What was it like not having, you know, any diamond action? Well, we had a little bit of it, but not much. How was their season shaking down and what's kind of the state of the baseball program up there in Nashville? Well, it was certainly, you know, disappointing, uh, you know, being defending national champions and, uh, you know, and, and coming back with, with a number of guys that, you know, were going to be a prolific, you know, members of that team led by a Kumar Rocker, you know, uh, on, on the mound and a Mason Hickman. So, you know, you know, two thirds of your starting rotation was, was going to be all American quality and, and you've got that. And, and then a lot of veterans that came back and a couple of guys that, passed up draft opportunities to come back for their senior year. Uh, you know, a Ty Duval behind the plate, a Harrison Ray uh, in the infield. And, and then, of course, Austin Martin, uh, you know, who was a top five pick in the draft. Uh, you know, there were a lot of things there. This team, I think, was poised to certainly have an opportunity to make another run to Omaha. Now, uh, I, I think that's another one of those things. You talk about taking things for granted. You know, th- this is a Vanderbilt program. Um that, you know, 20 years ago had done very little, you know, in, in baseball. And then, you know, go to the World Series breakthrough in 2011, then win it all in 14, go back in 15, go back and win it all in 19, with arguably, if not the best, certainly one of the best college baseball teams in history uh, in, in 2019. Um, they certainly had a chance to make another run uh, this year. And I know a lot of people, and I remember going back to, to when they canceled it because it was, you know, the weekend of the SEC basketball tournament, which also coincides with the first weekend in conference play in baseball. Right. And, and, and when they stepped in and said they were going to wipe out the season, there were a lot of people, uh, that were very upset baseball wise because they felt like they were pulling the trigger on that really early. You know, they, 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 and little did we see what was coming and, and, and what it all turned out to be. But I think a lot of us thought, okay, we're going to take a little, you know, take a little time off and then have an opportunity to put a season back together and then make a run and get to, and, and have a chance to get a World Series in. But that did not happen. So, you know, and, you know, had time prevailed the way it was supposed to, you know, there'd be a lot of us in Omaha right now. Know, whether, whether, whether Vanderbilt would be there or not, I don't know, but it would certainly have been nice to find out. I tell you what, Joe, I mean, Robin Ben played football. I was a baseball guy, uh, and I was a catcher. You mentioned Duvall there coming back for his senior year. Uh, I had a lot of respect for the program there watching you guys play ball. But uh, can you name anybody that uh, uh, coming back for this year that you've had the opportunity maybe to communicate with or hear through the grapevine that's been like, you know what, it's all good. You know, I've still got this opportunity in front of me to go into the to majors or wherever they're going to go next and play. Uh, have you heard any feedback for some of those kids or just in the in the chat rooms or through the grapevine? Well, I mean, there are, there are a couple of guys that have, that have finally found their way to to programs. You know, Tyler Brown will be one that comes to mind. Uh, that, you know, was going to be certainly, uh, a closer again, uh, for Vanderbilt, a guy with tremendous talent. Uh, and, but I think what's been interesting is to hear these guys. And I think that what you have to remember is it's not like they missed playing because they came back to school. Right. Because the pros aren't playing either. Right. You know, so, so, I mean, nobody's playing. <laughs> 
So, so that, that, so it's not like they missed a season because they made a decision in that regard. And actually, fortunately for them, to some degree, they got 18 games or so in, uh, before everything was, was shut down. Um, but, but, you know, you, you see all these guys that are, you know, signing their free agent contracts and, you know, you know, the draft was different this year, obviously, given, given the numbers. Uh, so things have changed in that regard. Uh, but I think there were a lot of guys and I tell you what, I've read, uh, you know, things that guys have written, a uh, Harrison Ray and Ty Duvall. Ty Duvall wrote a, a just a, a wonderful essay about becoming a Vanderbilt player and remembering uh, how important it was for him uh, to wear the uniform the first day, you know, and, and he said, you know, you know, we had a seven o'clock game that night. He put his uniform on at noon. Uh, <laughs> and, 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 and he said it, that that that's I mean I was so fired up to fight to be wearing a Vanderbilt uniform. That's what I wanted. Uh, that's what these guys are all about. And, and so I think for a lot of them, they, and they understood, they understand the nature of what baseball is all about, and they all had a goal, you know, to to go to the next level and play on, on the professional level. But I really think that one of the things Tim Corbin has done uh, that has carried over with these guys. He has instilled and built a culture where these guys, and they call themselves the Vandy Boys, um, there is something special about being a Vandy Boy. Uh, and, and it means a lot to them to be a part of that team, to wear that uniform, uh, to, to be in that history. Um, and so I would tell you that a lot of those guys were really, really distraught when they found out they weren't going to be able to play this season uh it 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 was a big loss for a lot of them no question yeah that passion you talk about um the way that they're they're so cohesive and the way they they've bought into the to the vandy boys and the way they play together and and you talk about how hard it was you know for them not to be able to play and those guys have been in the program that but that's really a testament to like you said um coach was able to start with that and really build that so now he's kind of got the bar set at where you're able to stay at that level because all of the higher upper classmen are all holding that standard and a new guy comes in the freshman class comes in and hey man you're a part of the vandy boys we do it differently here and so that's how you've been able to stay at that level and kind of one thing that we we talked about when they said okay baseball's over um do you have any idea or any inkling on how they're going to handle a senior that didn't get to play but half a year mm. are they going to allow those kids that didn't have the opportunity to go on to the majors and I know a lot of them have job opportunities they've already got lined up but what about the 30 or 40 percent kids like hey man I got shorted I only got to play 25 30 percent of my senior year I want to come back have you heard any way of how they're going to handle that with numbers and scholarships I think it's a case by case basis. Uh, and, and I think, and I don't know this for sure, but I think the NCAA is going to be lenient, you know, in terms of uh, how many people you can have on your roster. Um, how many people can receive, you know, financial assistance. Now that's been one of the ongoing, you think, as you guys know, uh, you know, in baseball, that's been one of the ongoing arguments for a long, long time. You know that you're splitting 11.2 or 11.4 scholarships among you know your your entire team. Uh, so a lot of these guys are paying a big chunk of their own way uh, to to play. Um, so I, I think what they will do uh, is if a senior 
is is still eligible, uh, wants to come back. Uh, I think they will make you know concessions to let that happen. Uh, as you said, uh, you know, however, as you said, however, a lot of these uh, a lot of these players either already have another job lined up and they're ready to go do do something else, or they they already have an opportunity through either draft or free agent. Uh, to get into professional baseball, so they've got that decision to make. I don't think it's going to be a lot of guys um, that are going to fall into that category senior-wise uh, in, in baseball that are going to want to come back for a, if you want to say, a sixth year um, or a fifth year for a lot of them. Uh, I think most of those guys are going to have their decisions made and, and do other things, but I think concessions will be made for those that do want to do that. Well, if I had it my way, I want I want some more uh, I want some more Vandy boy because I'm telling you what that team last year you turn on the College World sick, Series man. they were, they were nasty I mean yeah. you just sit there and you turn on the TV and you're just like this is a professional baseball team in college they just have no chance like yeah. Kumar Rocker's up there just I mean he's a machine he's throwing seeds and man. he's yeah. just he's just ripping ripping everybody up and it's just like one after another after another in the lineup, and it's just the pitching staff is so strong. And like you said, it kind of – the baseball program kind of emerged out of nowhere 20 – you know, it's, it, but now it's like somebody says Vanderbilt, you're like, oh, it's man, baseball you, don't right wanna, there. you don't want any of those guys. Yeah. You know, I mean, they're they're tough business. So if I had it my way, I'd like to have them all back, Joe. Well, I'll tell you this, Joe, also, you know, you're talking about Duvall. If he decides – that he has somewhere else to go. I want you to know, I was a catcher. I may have another year of eligibility left. <laughs> <laughs> I may, so I may. Do, yeah. do, I, do I need to ask for your transcript? <laughs> <laughs> it might be 20 years old. But you'll know. <laughs> well, Joe, we certainly do appreciate you uh, coming on and sharing with us. Uh, uh, things from Nashville and Vanderbilt. We love to hear uh, what's happening up there in Tennessee. And, you know, from a Georgia Bulldog fan here sitting at the table, the only one, uh, let me tell you, you guys just beat up on those boys in orange in the state rivalry there, and I'm a happy guy whenever you beat them, okay? <laughs> that sounds good, guys. Good to be with you. Thank you so much. Thank All right, you, we certainly appreciate you being on here. And Joe Fisher there, the voice of the Vanderbilt Commodores, hanging out with us today. And, uh, yeah, I could play another year. I don't know. <laughs> It'd be fun. Hey, dust those things off, man. You, yeah. know? you might I, get an exemption. I got some catcher's gear in the garage up there, I believe. <laughs> so, uh, we'll hey, be... put, the, put the mitt in the oven, and it's just like this. <laughs> <laughs> it's brand new, man. It's brand new. Oh. You guys just have to come pick me up after the three outs because I'll still be squatting behind the plate. You'll <laughs> never get me out of a crouch. Stick around. We're going to talk about what's coming up next and all the new places you can find us on the RBHA show right here on Network One Sports. Number one choice for community and collegiate sports. The Rob, Ben, and Joe show will be right back. You're listening to The Rob, Ben, and Joe Show. Download the show today on your Spotify playlist or Apple Music. 
Eyeballs Marketing and Signs. That's Eyeballs with a Z. I-B-A-L-Z is all about everything you need for printing services, marketing services, apparel services, signage, banners, wraps for your vehicles, design services, or a whole lot more. Whatever you need in your business to get your message out there, you can count on Eyeballs. I-B-A-L-Z dot com. Eyeballs Marketing and Sign in Warner Robins. Springtime is here, and Bubba's Tire Center is here to handle all of your vehicle needs. With the current situation of COVID-19, we are still operating our normal hours, Monday through Friday, 8 to 5.30. If you need some more time on that set of tires or vehicle repair, we offer a 90-day payment option that requires no credit check, as well as the Goodyear credit card. Don't forget, we offer free pickup and delivery, so you never have to leave your home or place of work. Call us today at 470 Seven eight two seven five two nine six four, or check us out online at Bubba'sTireCenter.com. Come to Bubba's Tire Center where we do tires and a whole lot more. Hello, everyone. This is Sean Elliott, the head football coach for the Georgia State Panthers. You're listening to the Rob Ben and Joe Show, the number one voice for community and collegiate sports from Atlanta to Savannah. Go Panthers! So good to have Joe Fisher on with us from the University of Vanderbilt. Commodore's up here in the voice. 22 years in the SEC East there. A lot of good stuff out of him today there, fellas. I'll tell you what. And, and he's seen a lot of good things. Their basketball program has been extremely good at times. Their baseball program, their football program. There's not a whole lot he hadn't seen. And, yeah. I mean, it's good to get that type of perspective, especially veteran perspective. He's been through the process of seasons yeah. for 20-plus, 30 years. I mean, he's been in the business forever, so he's got an idea of, uh, of what's going on. But it's just nice to have things coming back, Yeah, like sports in general, coming back. Yeah. Got things to watch now, and, uh, you know, I was on vacation this past week over in South Carolina, Hilton Head, and uh, got the uh, golf happening over there in South Carolina in uh, uh, HBC. Yep, it is over there. Yeah, yep. heritage over there. And I tell you what, guys, if I could have snuck a ticket and just stayed over there in the woods for a minute, and <laughs> been all right. I'd still be there right that's, now. I tell you, that's right. I tell you, it was, it was, it's getting nice though, and and you're kind of getting used to it with NASCAR, where there's no fans yep. in the stands. You don't see any campers in the infield or anything, which is a little different. But you still get to enjoy watching them run the race. And now you got to watch golf this past weekend with the Charles Schwab little challenge, and it was nice to turn on the TV. And you had golf going on while you had some people at your house. You're yeah. like, are you just talking, hanging out? And, you know, Daniel Berger goes on and wins. But you're sitting there watching like, man, I'm getting to watch some sports while it's going. So you can kind of so <laughs> slowly start to feel the summer thing. But I will say this. I don't know what's going on with Major League Baseball. Yeah. But the commish needs to figure it the heck out. Because the players and everybody are like, well, we don't want to get paid 75%. And we're going to do that. We're not going to play. And then the commissioner's like, we're going to play. And then now he's like, eh, we don't know if we're going to play. Like, come on, Bro, man. You, you roll, the, roll the ball out there. All right. Roll roll it out there and play. You In in baseball, the I would see the most person at risk. Throw a mask on the umpire and everybody's fine. Yeah. He's the only one sitting there between two people. And even then, it's hot. But we've already said those, the, the players in the major league, you're talking about premier specimens of athletes and genetics, okay? They're not at a very high risk of getting taken out by COVID 19. No. Right. Seriously. All the basketball players that got COVID 19, did you see any of them in any hospitals? 
No, people under that certain age are not having issues it, with it. Let the it, boys play some baseball. And this is interesting. I heard uh, somebody here uh, tell me a story about eight people went around the state of Georgia to four different testing sites in a weekend, okay, COVID testing sites. They went to Savannah, they went to Augusta, they went to Atlanta, and I think they went to Columbus. They literally drew a star on the state <laughs> went around. They're all perfectly fine. They feel good. Cruise in there to Columbus. One dude tests positive, other two tests negative, other guy tests positive. They're fine. Drive on up to Atlanta, three of them test negative, one test positive. Drive to Augusta, none of them test positive. <laughs> Drive to Savannah, same thing. They go back home, never feel a thing. Wow. So how accurate is this testing? Yeah. You know, is it really is it really this and that? You know, so it's like, hey, I'm one of those that's like, all right, like Rob said, these guys are good. You know, the PGA Tour is like, hey, we're okay with just like the Champions Tour. Nobody goes and watches them. We'll just play with no fans. Nobody yeah, goes. No, nobody watches the Champions <laughs> Tour. No, they're just out there playing hey, another hey, round of golf, Bert, man. Bernhard Langer's in there running the tables, and nobody cares. Nobody cares. He's on. He's on. He's on. A t- hey, best line of the day, right there. Hey, nobody's watching t- him anyway. Hey, yeah. Tuesday at four o'clock. Nobody cares about the Champions Tour, but Bernhard Langer's running off with the bag. <laughs> Guess what? Same thing. Same thing at the PGA Tour. Hey, man, y'all get out there and take your sticks and win some coin. Yeah. Major League Baseball needs to grab their leather, tighten up their laces, and take their little wooden sticks and start making some money. Go beat a gopher around up there. I mean, that's what I'm saying. So get out of of the way. Stop complaining about 75%, da-da-da-da-da. It's all alleviated with TV. Go back and play. There you go. Funny enough, the thing that I was listening to actually uh, on the way to the show here tonight, guys, was the posturing going on between the players and the the now governors of – they don't even call them owners anymore, the governors of – where's that basketball? I don't remember. But anyway – they're still going to fall somewhere between 60 and 70 games to play, yeah. right? And the, the, the beef for the, the player side was, well, you're not going to give us every game that you can because you're posturing to wait to get to the game number that you want, right? Which is to help in the pay uh, for them, for the owners. And then they're talking about, you know, well, we may not play double headers because we don't want the players around each other. That is all just BS, right? That yeah, is all I, just that's such a joke. Yeah, but that's coming from the owner's side, right? That's where it's coming from. So uh, <laughs> it, it's just like, get out there. We know you're going to play between 60 and 70 games. Quit your yakking and go hit the little white ball. You know what right? it is? You know what it is, Joe? Some of these owners in the offseason are regretting some of the contracts. They're trying to well, hold yeah. out some money. Well, I'll tell you what, They're like, oh, my gosh, uh, I can pay this guy 75% of this $150 million over I'd, I'd whatever. Really, uh, I'd really like to skim John Carlos Stanton. Yeah. <laughs> Just a hair. Yeah. You know? I mean, but that's what I think there's, they're, yeah. they're using the, the virus oh, yeah. to help their – Pocketbooks, right. twenty five percent on Mike Trout or Bryce Harper. So that's a lot of money. That's significant. That's some change. But pay four relief. That's you right. Pay four relief pitchers. For that. That's right. And you talk about the financial side of it, anybody? The Braves bullpen. Yeah. Everybody knows that baseball has been in a financial, you know, decline for a while because of fans in the park and all yeah. that kind of stuff. So it's not like they're just flush with cash over there, like no. you might see in some of the other sports. But uh, still, uh, the end of it is. It's just a bunch of BS, and they just need to go play ball. There's no, there's no well, two ways about it. Well, there's just it. too much. There's too much politicking back and forth. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, you're a, you're an owner of a baseball team, and you're the commissioner to run a league. Okay. Yep. You're not a dictator. Let's 
let's do this. Let's yeah. let's figure out a way to make it happen. They all need, and, and everybody needs to get together, especially in the athletic realms. Okay, all these kids that are that are at that level, professionals, and I'm gonna throw the college athletes in there too, because I mean they're they're all really basically good at what professional. They do. They're basically yeah. professional levels. Okay, look, test these kids with a fever. If they have a fever, don't come in the facility. Right. Don't do anything yep. until. You go get tested and see what's going on. Don't even come. Okay, if you're coughing, sneezing, and you don't have a fever, you're probably okay. <laughs> yeah, you're probably going to common make... cold still lives, folks. Right, it's still, still out there, there. and it's, it's going to stay. But the professional athletes and all these guys got to get together, take the temps. If you're showing symptoms of anything, it's just like you read on the, the the walls and stuff in these restaurants and at the door. Hey, if you got a fever, or you're presenting any symptoms, just stay home. Yeah, same stay home. thing with the athletes. Do the same thing. Well, I'll tell you what, it's going to be interesting to see, but it'll be fun when it opens back up. Like I said, we got to watch golf this past weekend. Going to get to watch some other sports coming up. NASCAR with no fans. Doesn't matter to me if there's fans in the stands. Shoot, with NASCAR, you know, one of those things go flying and flipping and rolling. It's better not to have anybody in the stands. Yeah, well, they're, they're play, and they're, and they're yeah. playing soccer in Europe with no fans. Yeah. And soccer is way more in your face oh, yeah. and touching bodies than oh, baseball. Yeah. Oh, you don't yeah. even touch any bodies in baseball. No. And if you do, you're going to get thrown out or yeah. something's going to have a problem. You're going to have a Somebody's problem. getting tossed somewhere. But, I mean, yeah. they're playing soccer in Europe and they mm. had not had any outbreaks. Those players are fine. That's yeah, right. It, it doesn't make – it does not make rational sense. And, like I said, you just cannot – you cannot live life in fear. They've held you down for this long. It's just bring it, bring it back and let's start doing things. These other people realize, hey, man, we're just going to roll the dice. Yep. We have to, just like, these, just like the state of Georgia. There's no there's no capacities I mean, on restaurants anymore. Let's just come on. I mean, on Mondays, man, I'm really tired and I have nothing to watch. Like I should be able to watch. <laughs> I should be able to scroll over there and watch the Braves pound yeah, the flip pound, it over. Yeah, if pound I somebody, can't, if know? I can't see Chris Collinsworth and Al Michaels on Sunday Night Football, I've got big problems. Got big we got problems. issues in America. If there's not <laughs> Sunday Night Football in America, you know, I mean, dun 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 dun. dun. <laughs> I mean, if you can't get that on Sunday night at eight thirty and see Russell Wilson and those boys playing, I don't want to. That's no good. Gary Underwood singing out there. We got we we gotta have it. Gotta have it. Well, there you go. Speaking of which, if you gotta have more Robin and Joe, you can find us anywhere, anytime. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at RBJ Show, and find us online at rbjshow.com. You can find us right there in Spotify, Apple iTunes, of course. Anytime you want, you can download the show. And you can find us on the old Facebook page here at RBJ Podcast. Network1sports.com streaming anytime. So, guys, uh, follow us around. You know, we hit a little benchmark, so I'm going to let it be known for everybody. Over 1,500 uh, people uh, routinely checking in with us here on the show, so we appreciate that and everybody listening in. Be sure and tell your friends. <laughs> Listen in. You won't be disappointed. Come, there you go. Come get you some. Come get you some. Next week, uh, I don't know who we got on the show next week. I don't have my calendar in front of me. It'll be fun. Either way, we'll have more sports to talk about and uh, talk a little bit more about high school football action and things perhaps as uh, things loosen up and we'll get ready for sports again. It'll be something to see. Maybe check in with some of the other schools around the region. We'll see. But Rob, Ben, happy birthday again, guys. Appreciate yeah. you. And... Uh, Let's, uh, I don't know. I see a grill over there. I think I'm going to go get something to eat. Yeah. <laughs> Make it happen. We'll see you next week. Peace. I do Rob Ben and Joe show. Good night, everybody. You're listening to the Rob Ben and Joe show. Download the show today on your Spotify playlist or Apple Music.
Eyeballs Marketing and Signs. That's Eyeballs with a Z. I-B-A-L-Z is all about everything you need for printing services, marketing services, apparel services, signage, banners, wraps for your vehicles, design services, or a whole lot more. Whatever you need in your business to get your message out there, you can count on Eyeballs. I-B-A-L-Z dot com. Eyeballs Marketing and Sign in Warner Robins. Springtime is here, and Bubba's Tire Center is here to handle all of your vehicle needs. With the current situation of COVID-19, we are still operating our normal hours, Monday through Friday, 8 to 5.30. If you need some more time on that set of tires or vehicle repair, we offer a 90-day payment option that requires no credit check, as well as the Goodyear credit card. Don't forget, we offer free pickup and delivery, so you never have to leave your home or place of work. Call us today at 470 470- 278-275-2964 or check us out online at Bubba'sTireCenter.com. Come to Bubba's Tire Center where we do tires and a whole lot more. Hello, everybody. This is Chris Blair, voice of the national champion Fighting Tigers of LSU. And you're locked in to the Rob, Ben, and Joe Show, Middle Georgia's number one voice of community and collegiate sports. Go Tigers! <laughs> 